0: Father, we thank you for the Word, the living Word, Jesus Christ, the Word become flesh some 2,000 years ago who came to give us life. And Lord, we thank you as well for the written Word, Scripture, the Bible that, that you give us to teach us and to help us to grow as followers of Jesus, to help us to enjoy you and build a relationship with you. And Lord, now as we open the Scripture, I pray that you will open our eyes in fresh ways to how we can know you. And I pray that as we look in the Scripture, that we will not merely learn new things, not merely be hearers of the Word, but that we will do what it says, that we will put it into practice so that we can grow in knowing you and in enjoying you in our lives. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Many years ago, uh, back when Shelley and I, my wife and I, just started dating, we had known each other for about nine months up to that point through church. But it's a very different thing to know someone just kind of through church and and stuff like that rather than getting to know them personally. And so as we started a date, we spent a lot of time together talking, doing things to get to know each other. And so I I think of how one of the things that I did was on our second date. It was Valentine's Day. And, you know, Valentine's Day, when you're just starting the date, um, is kind of an interesting type of thing. But I came up with an idea that I thought would be a fun activity for us to do to help us get to know each other. It's actually called the kind of random get-to-know-you game. And then, so there was this note card. We each had one. It was identical. That I wrote, uh, please bring an object, picture, or story that relates to each topic. And then I listed out a whole bunch of different topics like grandparents, best friends, pets, favorite color, impactful book, song that gets you excited, a special gift you've received, uh, something that's a passion in life, a movie, just things like that. And then for this date, after a nice dinner, we each had brought all these different objects and, and pictures and stories, and we, we shared these with each other. And talking and, and, and stuff like that together was a great way to help us get to know each other be- better and to build that relationship with each other. Now, it didn't take a special event like that to, to cause us to talk. I mean, just a normal evening for us would be sitting on the couch for several hours Talking. And as we talked, we got to know each other better. We fell in love with each other more. And I think of how uh, just in two months, right before we got engaged, I was on a missions trip down in Brazil. It's a long time to be apart, but we continued to talk during that time as well. A couple times a week, I would call her. I mean, that was pre-cell phone era, and so you didn't have these international calling plans. had to use a calling card. It was expensive, but it was worth it. I mean, all these hours and hours and hours of talking with shelley they were not drudgery at all. Instead, I enjoyed them, and they helped me tr- truly grow in my love for her, the woman who would become my wife. Now, in terms of a relationship with God, building a relationship with God is much the same as building a relationship with another person. That there is simply no way that we can build a healthy, vibrant, deep relationship with God where we enjoy Him and know Him deeply without spending time with Him, without talking with Him, without learning from Him. And one of the best ways we can learn from Him is through what He's written for us in the Bible. So I invite you to turn in your Bibles today to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Last week we started this series, it's called Habits of Grace. And Habits of Grace, which are also known as spiritual disciplines, are practical activities that we can implement in our lives to help us to grow in our love for God. And um, and as we look at these different habits of grace, we're going to be looking at them in three main categories. And I'm borrowing these categories from a book that's actually called Habits of Grace also, and it's by David Mathis. And so there are three main categories we'll be looking at. The first category is hearing God's voice, especially through His Word, which is the Bible. We'll also be talking in a few weeks about the category of having God's ear, which is talking with Him primarily through prayer. And we'll be looking at different aspects of prayer. And then we'll talk about the category of belonging to His body, which is talking about how God works in our relationships with other Christians and fellowship with each other to help us to grow And our knowledge and love of Christ. So we'll be looking at these three different categories. Today we're starting with that category of hearing God's voice through the Bible. And we'll be looking at the Bible and it's, its importance and relevance to us over the next couple of weeks. Donald Whitney, who has written one of the best books on these types of topics, has said that no spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's word. No spiritual discipline or habit of grace is more important than the intake of God's Word. I want to start by laying a foundation for why the Bible is so special and so important. So that's where we're going to turn to 2 Timothy 3. I invite you to follow along as I read verses 16 and 17. Paul says, "...all Scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness." So, that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, what this is saying essentially, if I were to sum it up, is that the Bible is the God given source for trustworthy, transformative truth. Let's let's kind of walk through this passage together. First of all, at the beginning, we see the origin of Scripture, which is from God. It says that all Scripture is God breathed. That's that's a way of saying that God is the ultimate author of the Bible. And he spoke through humans, using their language and their writing styles to communicate his message. And that is why the Bible is frequently called God's Word. Now, when it comes to hearing God's voice, which is the first category of spiritual disciplines that we're talking about, in terms of hearing God's voice, we have to understand that if we believe that we have heard from God through any other means— be it through prayer or through a conversation with someone or through our circumstances or perhaps through a book or a TV show or a vision or a dream or anything like that, if we think that we have heard God saying something to us, we always have to go back to Scripture and ask, does it align with what God has already written in the Bible? Because the Bible is our ultimate and final spiritual authority because the Bible is fully inspired by God. So the origin of Scripture is that it's from God. That gives its its authority and trustworthiness. And we see next in the passage uses of Scripture. To teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us. So Scripture is designed to teach us. To teach us the most important facts about life, the facts about God. Teach us about ourselves. Teach us about the world around us. Teach us how God designed us to live. And God also designed Scripture to rebuke us now, there are times where we all get out of line a little bit, whether it's with our attitudes or our actions or our, our words, and we need to be called to account, and that's one of the purposes of the Bible. It's to rebuke us, to, to, to point out, you know what, you are in the wrong here. It's designed to convict us, to lead us to repent to turn back to God. Scripture is good for teaching, rebuking, correcting. Correcting replaces our false ideas with God's truth. And finally, it says that it's good for training us in righteousness. I want to clarify something here. This idea of righteousness is right standing before God. We need to be careful that we don't think that, okay, we can earn right standing before God by knowing the Bible or by obeying the Bible. Because, you know, our, our efforts to try to earn favor in God's sight just by applying and obeying what's in here, that's not what earns us favor in God's sight. Righteousness from God, it comes from God, and it comes through Jesus. And if our faith is in Jesus, we are already righteous in his sight. And so then the purpose of Scripture is to train us to live a life that is congruent, that that is aligned with the righteous identity that we already have through faith in Christ. And so these are some of the uses of Scripture. Teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us in righteousness and then in verse 17, the Apostle Paul talks about the goal of Scripture, which is to equip us for every good at work, to equip us for His purposes. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So an implication of this goal of equipping us for every good work for God's purposes is that without the Bible, we cannot be thoroughly equipped for what God has for us. We need the Bible. As Donald Whitney said, no spiritual discipline is so, as, as, as important as the intake of God's Word. Now here in the 21st century, we have an incredible privilege of access to, God, to the Bible, God's Word, in our language. Many people down through history and even still today do not have that privilege. They don't have the Bible so easily accessible to them or in their language. I mean, how amazing is it in light of just this history that we get to be able to hold a Bible right here in our hands, the entire Bible? Many of you brought your own personal copy of the Bible with you this morning. We have extra copies in the pews and in the chairs. Uh, Many of us have multiple copies of the Bible in our houses. And if you have a smartphone, you have access to to countless translations of the Bible with you wherever you go, whenever you want them. What an amazing opportunity and privilege we have of having the Bible available to us whenever and wherever we want it. And so the Bible is important. We recognize again that no spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's Word. So we have the Bible. The key then is to apply it to our lives, to internalize it, the intake of God's Word. And a primary way to internalize God's Word, to get the Bible into our lives, is by reading it. And so that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit more this morning. The, the habit of grace, or the spiritual discipline of reading the Bible. Now, there certainly are other ways to get the Bible into our lives as well. And I recognize that for many of you, Reading is not that much fun. You don't enjoy reading. It doesn't come naturally to you. Now, there are other ways, again, to get the Bible into our lives. For instance, you could listen to an audio recording of the Bible. And that's particularly helpful for those who are auditory learners or, you know, listen to it in your car, listen to it on just earbuds sometime when you're just, you know, working out or something like that. It's a great way to get the Bible into your life. You can listen to podcasts uh, of teaching or preaching. You can go to classes. You can come here to church. These are all different ways of getting Bible intake into your life. And these are appropriate and biblical. I think of first of Timothy chapter uh, four, verse thirteen, where Paul tells Timothy, who is a pastor, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. I think that's interesting. Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Back then in that era, majority of the population was not literate. They could not read the Bible for themselves because they couldn't read anything. And on top of that, even if they could read, copies of the Bible were quite scarce back then pre-printing press. And so, so a primary way that people received Scripture was by hearing other people read it. Just like this morning in the children's message, you had, other, you had a kid reading the clue, and the others heard it, and it helped them know what to do. And so by all means, listening to Scripture being read or on podcast is a valuable way for Scripture. And take listening to preaching, listening to teaching in classes is a great way to internalize Scripture. But at the same time, at the root of it all, if we have the ability to read That is a great way to internalize God's Word. So I want to give us three tips for reading the Bible for ourselves. One is to set aside a time to read the Bible. Really, Scripture reading ought to become a habit in our lives if we want to keep growing our walk with God and truly enjoy that relationship with Him. It ought to become a habit. Now think about other habits you have in life. I mean, just the basic habits of life habit like getting dressed in the morning, a habit like eating breakfast, a habit like uh, brushing your teeth, a habit like when you get in the vehicle and you buckle your seatbelt, and then when you start driving to school or to work, you know, you you probably have a habit or routine of of exactly what route you're going to take. When you get there, you may even have a routine or a habit of what parking spot you park in. These are just habits and routines that are a part of all of our lives. And the thing with each one of these habits and routines is that there is some sort of trigger that, that, that causes the routine or the habit to launch, whether, whether it's a certain time of day or a specific circumstance that, that triggers the habit or the routine. And if we want to make a habit out of reading Scripture, we need to recognize that there needs to be a trigger, a, a routine, most likely a specific time of day that leads us to turn to reading the Bible. And so if you are starting on, on reading the Bible, a great place to start is just set aside 10 or 15 minutes during the day. You know, 10 or 15 minutes is not that hard to find. Just find 10 or 15 minutes. And, and for so many people, the morning works well. So maybe that means setting the alarm just a little bit earlier. Maybe that means when you're drinking your morning coffee, that rather than reading the newspaper or looking at your phone, you're reading the Bible. Or if you're so addicted to your phone, you still need your phone Read the Bible on the phone. Because, you know, morning's is a good time to read the Bible. But for others, mornings don't work as well. Maybe for you, if you eat lunch by yourself, that would be a good time to dedicate to reading the Bible. Set up that routine in your life. Or maybe it's at work if you have a 15-minute you know, break sometime. Use that time to read the Bible. Or in the evening time, before you turn on the TV... Make it a routine of, I'm going to read the Bible before I turn on the TV. For me, my favorite time to read the Bible is just before I go to bed. Now, I know that for many people, that is not a good time. Because that's the time where you're likely to just doze off. Because that's the time where people are typically drowsy. But for years, I have read before I go to bed. And so that just fits naturally for me. But the important thing is simply to find the time that works for you. And set aside that time on a consistent basis dedicated to reading the Bible. That is a key to turning this into a habit that gets ingrained into your lifestyle. So set aside time. Secondly, is read the Bible with a plan in mind. Read with a plan in mind. Um, I would guess that that most Christians, if they read the Bible at all, have gone through some time in their lives where their way of figuring out what to read today is kind of like this, kind of like flipping through the Bible just at random and like, oh, that looks interesting. And then you start reading there. I know that's how I started reading the Bible, just kind of randomly like that. And sometimes you can find some really cool things doing that. But at the same time, that's not the ideal process for reading the Bible. For one, it's very hit and miss on whether you get something good that day. But even more than that, if you're just kind of jumping all around, you you struggle to understand the larger context of the passage. You don't know, okay, why is this going on right here? And so the better thing to do is to read with a plan in mind. The simplest plan is just to pick a book of the Bible and start reading it and read like one or two or three chapters today and then tomorrow pick up where you left off today. And then just keep doing that until you get done with the book. And then when you're done with that book, just choose another one to start reading. If you aren't currently reading any place and you want to get started, a great place to start is in the New Testament, either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, those are the first four books of the New Testament. And those are biographies of Jesus. So a great place to start is just right there. And just start reading a book and, and, and go through it. For me, I really enjoy reading at least two books of the Bible at the same time. Typically Old Testament and New Testament. And the reason is because of the variety that gives me. Because, you know, there are sometimes, and you're going to hear a pastor say this, there are sometimes that you're reading the Bible and it's kind of boring. It's just the reality that you come to genealogies or you come to the mold laws over in Leviticus. It just gets boring. But you want to try to read that just to see, okay, what's there? But if you're only reading in one spot, sometimes that gets kind of boring and it's like, oh, this isn't much fun. But but by reading a couple spots, generally the other spot will be a little bit more engaging on that particular day, more motivating, more encouraging. I mean, also for me, and, and maybe it's the same for you, that there are certain passages or chapters of Scripture that you're so familiar with that, again, they aren't quite as engaging. It's hard to keep your mind engaged. And again, that's a a value of reading a couple places at once because it keeps you more engaged. And there are all kinds of other reading plans out there as well. I mean, you can just search Bible reading plans on the internet and come up with all kinds of really cool plans um, for you to try out. And the key is just to figure out something that works for you. So set aside the time You know, read with a plan in mind. One other thing on the plan idea. Here's something really cool. If you were to read just three to four chapters of the Bible every day, you would finish the Bible in one year. The entire Bible in one year. Three to four chapters a day. If you want to be specific, you'd have to read 3.25 chapters of the Bible per day, and you'd finish it in one year. And I'm not saying that everyone should have the goal of reading the Bible entirely in one year. But it's very doable if that's something you want to do. And that would give you a great breadth of, of knowledge of what's in here. And odds are good you'd find a lot of things that you're like, I never knew that was there. It's kind of cool. And so set, set aside a time, read with a plan in mind, and finally meditate on a key section of Scripture. So what that means is as you're reading along, whether it's a chapter or two or three or whatever, that if you see a verse or a few verses or a phrase that really stick out to you, Spend some time focusing on that. I mean, just dig into it a little bit. uh, Study it a little bit more. Maybe look up cross-references. If you have cross-references in your Bible, Uh, perhaps um, just pray through it. Ask God, okay, how can I apply this to my life tomorrow or today? For me, when I read the Bible, I always have a notebook with me as well. And I use that notebook that when I find that key verse or passage that really sticks out to me that day, I'll take that notebook and I'll just write out that verse. Just, just quote it right out there. And then I'll write a little bit about, you know, what hits me about that or a question that comes up or something I want to apply about it. And by meditating on Scripture like that, just, you know, a key verse that sticks out to us, it helps us dig deeper and it helps us to really enjoy that process and enjoy God more in the process. And we'll be talking more about meditating on Scripture and enjoying God through Scripture next week by digging deeper but these are three keys. If you really want to get into the habit of reading the Bible, to, to grow in that love and enjoyment of God, set aside a time to read. Read with a plan in mind and meditate on key sections. Now, I recognize that the Bible, it doesn't read like an oral book today. Because it's not an oral book. It's 66 different books written across the span of, of a long time, many, many centuries by many, many different authors in a very different culture And so it's hard at times to get our mind around everything that's in there. There's all kinds of cool connections from the beginning to the end. But sometimes we don't see those connections right away. And so one helpful resource is a study Bible. A study Bible is a Bible that's typically uh, thicker than this. It's a thicker Bible, but it has the biblical text at the top of each page. And at the bottom of each page, it has notes that explain what's going on in the verses. And the study Bible is a great help if you are just getting started and wondering what in the world is going on here. God's Word is still true today. God's Word is still living and active today. God still has a lot He wants to teach us through Scripture even though it was written at least 2,000 years ago. But sometimes it helps to have, you know, someone else explain it to us and that's where a study Bible can certainly help. There is no spiritual discipline that is more important than the intake of God's Word. And so we recognize, you know, the Bible is important. We have such amazing access to the Bible. And, you know, most Christians would say, yeah, we appreciate the Bible a lot. Thank you, God, for giving us the Bible. The issue, though, is that there's frequently a disconnect. Frequently, uh, there's a lot left to be desired when it comes to actually intaking the Bible and, and learning the Bible and applying it in our lives. Let me show you some statistics about how evangelical Christians read the Bible, how frequently. And I think it's even recognized or important to recognize this category of evangelical Christians because um, typically Christians who are labeled as evangelical are more focused on the importance of Scripture and on reading the Bible daily. So this isn't just Christians in general. It's Christians who generally have a very high value for the Bible. And so statistically, I mean this is one survey but I've seen many other surveys that tell a very similar story. That, that about 19% of evangelical Christians say they read the Bible every day. And then about 25% say they read it a few times a week. But, but from there, it goes to 14% read it once a week, and then 22% read it one or a few times a month, and then 20% say they rarely, if ever, read the Bible. And I look at this, and I mean, you, you have the whole spectrum right there. But I look at it and think, okay, it's that's, that's pretty cool that almost half of the people say they read it every day or, or several times a week. And, you know, that's great. Because that's a great way to get into the habit of getting Scripture into our lives. But I also look at the bottom part of that and, and see how, you know, almost half the people are rarely reading the Bible. Maybe one or a few times a month. That is not much of a habit if you're doing something just one or a few times a month. Now, in the same survey respondents were asked to, to if, uh, on their level of agreement uh, to the question of I desire to please and honor Jesus in all I do. So the statement, I desire to please and honor Jesus in all I do, people were asked their level of agreement. And 90% of survey respondents said they agree or strongly agree with the statement that I want to um, please and honor Jesus in all that I do. So 90% say I want to honor Jesus, I want to love him more, I want to please him. Yet... Almost half of these same respondents spend little to no time in Scripture. And I see a disconnect right there because Scripture is, is, is central to growing in our knowledge and love and enjoyment of Jesus. I mean, think about my relationship with Shelly. I mean, we've been married 14 years now. And I can say that, that I am enjoying that relationship more now than I ever have before. And I've enjoyed it for a long time. But, but we have a, a very healthy and enjoyable relationship together. And a key to that is that we talk together frequently. We are investing in that relationship. I mean, what type of relationship would we have if, if I only talk with Shelly and she only talks with me, you know, a couple, few times a month? Wouldn't it be much of a relationship, would it? What if I only talked with her on Sunday mornings when we're at church? Being a pastor, that wouldn't work very well at all because I don't talk with her much on Sunday mornings because I'm so focused on other stuff. But, but the reality is, you know, even if I talk to her just once a week when I'm at church, it doesn't go very far in building a vibrant, healthy relationship. Vibrant, healthy relationships, whether with humans or with God, are built based on spending time together and talking. And the Bible is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. It is the primary way that God speaks to us. And so it's important that we make um, reading the Bible and getting the Bible into our lives, whether we're listening to it, reading it, whatever, to be a habit in our lives. Now, I recognize that, that there are people here today who you've been faithfully involved in church for years, Maybe you can't even remember the last time you opened the Bible on your own to read it. And I'm not saying this to be mean or to shame you. But what I am pointing out is that God designed us to be growing in a relationship with him, to love him and enjoy him. But it's very difficult to really know him and enjoy him if we aren't spending quality time with him, listening to him and talking with him. I know there may be some excuses and some obstacles that may need to be overcome. Whether it's thinking, you know what, I don't have time to read the Bible. Or it's so confusing to me. Or, you know, it's, it's kind of boring. But one thing on that time issue, which I know that, that we are busy. It's a busy society. It's hard to find time for much of anything. But, but the reality is we do make time for what our priorities are. If you truly prioritize something, if it's truly a value in your life, you will find time for it. That's just the way it is. And you know, a lot of people have stated priorities of saying, you know what, this is a priority, but their schedule doesn't bear it out, and that shows that it's not truly a priority. And so we make priorities, or we make time for what our priorities are. And if you're looking at, at this idea of Bible reading and it's kind of intimidating, or makes you kind of uncomfortable or feel inadequate, the best thing for you to do to read the Bible. That's the best thing to do that overcomes the feelings of inadequacy or uncomfortability or just intimidation is to actually get into it. Because any sort of habit that you start new is going to have an awkward phase. It's going to have an uncomfortable phase. That's just the way it is. I mean, if you have a driver's license now, how many of you have driver's licenses? Raise your hand. Most of us, a lot of us have driver's licenses. If you have a driver's license Think back to when you started driving a vehicle, your first couple times behind a wheel. I would bet that it was a little bit uncomfortable, or you, you, you had to give a whole lot of thought to exactly what you do when you approach an intersection, and exactly who goes first in those four-way stops, and, and how, how in the world do you parallel park. That probably required a lot of thought, and some of you are still working on that. Just the reality that at first, when you start driving it is awkward, um, it, it takes a whole lot of work in order to navigate safely through a town. It doesn't come naturally. But over time, if you have your driver's license for very long at all, driving now is natural. It comes unconsciously. It's ingrained in who you are, that you just get behind a wheel and it just goes and you don't even have to think about it. yet you get there safely. Well, it started as awkward and uncomfortable and unnatural has become ingrained in part of who you are. And that's what a habit does. You think of it as well about the habit of exercising. If you haven't exercised for a while, and then you start an exercise program or start playing a sport of some sort, you're probably going to start out a little bit sore. Or you're going to be in that weight room, kind of looking around wondering, "Um, what do I do next? Sometimes you see people getting on a machine, and it's like they obviously have no idea what they're doing, but they're trying. It's kind of interesting to watch. the reality is, at first when you start working out, you're going to have a lot of aches and pains. But then if you do it over time, it becomes more comfortable, more natural. You, you can find your way around the, the weight room. You can, you can figure out what to do in this particular sport. Because it becomes natural. It becomes ingrained in you because you've developed habits. It's become a pattern for you where it started a little awkwardly, started a little unnaturally, and it just becomes a part of who you are. Or how many of you eat using a spoon, fork, or knife? Raise your hand. How many of you can remember learning how to eat with a spoon, fork, or knife? Most people can't remember that. I would guess, though, that if you can eat with a spoon, fork, or knife right now, that it started kind of awkwardly. And probably with people kind of laughing and taking pictures of you because you ended up with food all over your face or all over the table or all over the floor, and you might have been holding it in a strange way, it starts awkward And now it's just a part of who you are. You don't even have to think about it. When was the last time you thought about how you hold a spoon or fork or knife? Probably been a long time because it becomes naturally ingrained in who you are. And that's what happens with a habit. It starts awkwardly, and then you become proficient in it over time. It's the same way with reading the Bible. It starts as this foreign thing that that is uncomfortable to set aside the time. You'd rather be doing something else. And you're reading it, and you're like, what in the world does that say? I don't understand this at all. But over time, it starts a little awkward and uncomfortable and unnatural. But then over time, it becomes natural. It becomes ingrained in you. You understand more. You see the connections. And that's when you truly begin to enjoy God more and more and more. That's when you see all these beautiful connections through Scripture. You see the wisdom behind it. But it takes time and effort. You will never get in shape physically if you don't start. You will never learn how to drive a car if you don't practice You will never learn how to truly enjoy and understand Scripture unless you actually get into it and do it for yourself. But as you do any sort of habit in life and it becomes natural, it transforms you, it shapes who you are. And the biggest and best transformation we can ever make is the transformation of growing in our relationship with God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do our minds get transformed into godliness, into loving him more, into following his ways? It's through the Bible, through internalizing God's word into our lives. It's been said that the scripture is God's love letter to us. Now, it's it's kind of a unique love letter. I'm not quite sure what Shelley would have thought to me if I wrote a love letter to her that reads like some passage of scripture. But the reality is, when you look at it from beginning to end, it's this beautiful love story of God pursuing us, God's love for us that ultimately manifests itself in Jesus. It's a love letter. It is the key to living a life as God designed us to live. And we cannot truly know God deeply and enjoy Him fully without the Bible, no spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's word because all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you do give us Scripture so that we can know you and so that we can know how to know you because on our own, We'd be looking to our own efforts, our own religious deeds to gain favor in your sight. We would miss Jesus entirely. We'd miss out on grace and mercy. We thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for Scripture. Lord, I pray that that you will work in our lives to help us to value and treasure you more, and that we will do so through Scripture, among other ways. Lord, I, I pray that you will work in our lives to convict us of our need for you more and more. I pray that you will work in our hearts to remove the obstacles and barriers that may be holding us back. Lord, I pray that you will give us increasing understanding into your word, whether it's through listening to it, through reading it for ourselves, and that then then that we'll take it and apply it to our lives so that we can truly enjoy knowing you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.